Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? It's good to be with you. I pray that you're doing well. And you might be um, overdone with all the talk on the election, but it's coming up soon. And I, I want to tell you, I'm a bit horrified that the Catholic vote, for all the all that the polls say, uh, uh, in favor of our current President Trump, uh, the percentages are quite down. Uh, we are the ones that are God's emissaries, that his, are his messengers, that are to be salt and light in the world. We are the ones, I think the election depends on us. I cannot imagine a true Catholic, uh, practicing Catholic, who knows his or her faith, uh, voting for anyone um, uh, let me just say, but our current president, because anybody else that's running uh, is against everything that's Catholic. And what's against Catholic? Catholic Catholicism, the church is not a man-made institution. It's what God has given us. And there are many issues that we may differ on our opinions on those, but there are certain non-negotiables and a few days ago, I just began the introduction to the Catholic Voter's Guide, the Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics, and you can download it free, I believe, from Catholic Catholic Answers, catholic.com. So you don't have to figure this out. You don't need to vote on your emotions, and uh, the thing you should not do is refrain from voting because you don't like uh, either candidate. Um or maybe you like one, but you can't vote for someone who um, is in favor of abortion. There's no greater topic. There's no greater issue than the life issues. Life matters. And so um, uh, to not vote is a vote for the party of death. I'll just say it that way. There's no clearer way to say it. To, to withhold your vote is to help put in place those who will um, be responsible for the death of millions of children and elderly people, euthanasia, and same-sex marriage to destroy the family and every other evil. Let me continue in this little pamphlet and read you the, the five non-negotiables. Now, I'm not saying there aren't issues that matter beyond these five, but they are secondary these five are what we must, as Catholics, pass our vote on. And when I say must, I say on pain of sin. Um, this speaks now of your role as a Catholic voter. Catholics have a moral obligation, and I would say all Christians, all Christians, if you're a follower of Christ, of the Christ, who died that we might have life, and said, thou shalt not commit murder. This is for all Christians. But 
um, it is uh, uh, dependent on us to know our faith and to live it, beloved. No matter what you like or don't like, we must vote for life. It's a vote for God's kingdom. And if we don't, um, we are part of the problem of becoming uh, a socialist, communistic nation. Our freedoms will be gone. Uh, every freedom that we think is our right uh, is going to be gone. And it will be our fault. It will be our doing. The chastisement God will bring upon us is our doing. We have um, an unprecedented chance, opportunity right now to ward off the, the depth of evil. And if we do nothing about it, we are responsible for bringing it on. So your role as a Catholic voter, Catholics have a moral obligation. I'm reading from the booklet now. Catholics have a moral obligation to promote the common good through the exercise of their voting privileges. Right out of the catechism, um, section 22, 2240. It is not just civil authorities who have responsibility for country. Service of the common good requires citizens to fill, fulfill their roles in the life of the political community. Roman 13, Romans chapter 13 lays that out for us. We have a moral obligation to vote. <clears throat> this means citizens should participate in the political process at the ballot box. But voting cannot be arbitrary. A well-formed Christian conscience does not permit one to vote for politi- a political program or an individual law that contradicts the fundamental contents of faith and morals. Some things always are wrong, and no one may vote in favor of them, directly or indirectly. Citizens vote in favor of these evils if they vote in favor of candidates who propose to advance them. Thus, Catholics should not vote for anyone who intends to push programs or laws that are intrinsically evil. Abortion, beloved, is intrinsically evil. It, it's, it's evil uh, of itself. It's intrinsically evil. Uh, it's not depending on circumstances. It is an evil act. No matter the circumstances, it is an evil act. Just as euthanasia, it is God's uh, um, uh, place to give life. It is God's place to take life. I'll continue here. The five non-negotiable issues are called non-negotiable because they concern actions that are always morally wrong and must never be promoted by the law. It is a serious sin to endorse or promote any of these actions and no candidate who really wants to advance the common good will support any of these five non-negotiables and um and i want to tell you that the uh, democratic candidate for president and the candidates in general uh every one of them 
our uh, vote against these five non-negotiables. The first and the, and the primary one is abortion. The church teaches that regarding a law permitting abortions, regarding a law, it is never licit to obey it. Peter says in, in the book of Acts, you tell us whether we ought to obey God or men, even if it's legal. We must never obey it because that's man's law against God's law. We cannot take part in a propaganda campaign in favor of such a law or to vote for it. Abortion is the intentional and direct killing of an innocent human being, and therefore it is a form of homicide. The child is always an innocent party, and no law may permit the taking of his life. Even when a child is conceived through rape or incense, the falls, incest, the fault is not the child's who should not suffer death for the sins of others. Second non-negotiable is euthanasia. Euthanasia is often disguised by the name mercy killing. It's terrible. No killing is merciful. None. None. If, if we put someone out of their suffering, we may be robbing them of the very time God would give them through their suffering to repent and to make amends and to come to heaven. We may cut them off from the opportunity for heaven. Euthanasia is also a form of homicide. No one has a right to take his own life which is suicide, and no one has the right to take the life of any innocent person. No one. In euthanasia, the ill or elderly are killed out of a misplaced sense of compassion. But true compassion cannot include doing something intrinsically evil to another person. The third Non-negotiable is fetal stem cell research. Human embryos are human beings, beginning and end of sentence. Human embryos are human beings. Respect for the dignity of the human being excludes all experimental manipulation or exploitation of the human embryo. Recent scientific advances show that any medical cure that might arise from experimentation on fetal stem cells can be developed by using adult stem cells instead. That's okay, beloved, because you're not killing a person. Adult stem cells can be obtained without doing harm to the adults from whom they come, thus there, there no longer is a medical argument in favor of using fetal stem cells. When you do that, you murder a child. There's the music for our first break, dear ones. We'll come right back after the break and continue with the uh, final two non-negotiable issues. Um, and after the second break, we'll take your calls with anything at all on your heart. We'll be right back. 
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. You probably hear me Monday through Friday at the Terry and Jesse show. My new show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911. Every Saturday at noon, that's a Soul Patrol Catholic program where three cops on fire with our Catholic faith. You can hear this program around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Jesus 911, Saturdays at noon here on the Station of the Cross Radio Catholic Network. God bless you. Keep the faith. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back. Beloved to Mother Miriam Live, I'm thrilled to be with you, and we are going through the five non-negotiables of the Voter's Guide for Serious Catholics, published by Catholic Answers, the number one apologetics apostolate, not easy to say, I think, in the world. They're absolutely um, wonderful, dependable, truthful, reliable, a thousand percent Catholic, Catholic.com on the web, and you can actually go and download one of these little booklets. And on the five non negotiables, just prior to the break, we spoke about abortion, euthanasia, and fetal stem research. The fourth one is human cloning. It sounds like science fiction, but it's upon us. It's awful. Attempts. For obtaining a human being without any connection with sexuality through twin fission, fission, F-I-S-S-I-O-N, um, cloning or um, parthenogenesis are to be considered contrary to the moral law since they are in opposition to the dignity both of human procreation and of the conjugal um, union. Human cloning also ends up being a form of homicide. 
because the rejected or unsuccessful clones are destroyed, yet each clone is a human being. We just handle life like a rejected piece of equipment. Terrible. The fifth one is homosexual so-called marriage. There's no such thing as homosexual marriage. There's such a thing as marriage. And the only definition of marriage is the union between one man and one woman. Nothing else is marriage. So homosexual, the word marriage in this booklet is put in quotes because it's so-called marriage, but it's not marriage. It goes on to say that true marriage is the union of one man and one woman. Legal recognition of any other form of marriage undermines true marriage, and legal recognition of homosexual unions actually does homosexual persons a disfavor by encouraging them to persist in what is an objectively immoral arrangement. Beloved, if you're, if you're living with a person of the same sex, if you have a marriage certificate, it doesn't matter. You're not married. That's man's doing. It's not God. If you're not married under God, your marriage is not blessed. You're living in sin. <clears throat> this goes on to say, when legislation in favor of the recognition of homosexual unions is proposed for the first time in a legislative assembly, the Catholic lawmaker has a moral duty to express his opposition clearly and publicly and to vote against it, to vote in favor of a law so harmful to the common good is gravely immoral. Um... Now, what if you have a candidate who agrees with the first four but doesn't agree with the, with the last one? You have to vote for the best of the worst because the, the candidate in the other party uh, denies all of them. All of them. He agrees with abortion, with euthanasia and everything else. Next section here. Which political offices should I worry about? And the the writing here is laws are passed by the legislator, enforced by the executive branch, and interpreted by the judiciary. This means you should scrutinize any candidate for the legislator, anyone running for an executive office, and anyone nominated for the bench. This is true not only at the national level, but also at the state and local levels. It is true the lesser office, the less likely the office holder will take up certain issues. Your, cert, your city council, for example, perhaps never will take up the issue of human clothing, cloning, but it is important that you evaluate every candidate, no matter what office is being sought. Pardon me. Few people achieve high office without first holding a low office. Some people become congressional representatives, senators, or presidents without having been elected to a lesser office. But most representatives, senators, and presidents started their political careers at the local level. The same is true for state lawmakers. Most of them began 
on city councils and school boards and worked their way up up the political ladder. Tomorrow's candidates for higher offices will come mainly from today's candidates for lower offices. It is therefore prudent to apply the same standards to local candidates as to state and national ones. If candidates who are wrong on non-negotiable issues fail to be elected to lower offices, they might not become candidates for higher offices. If we protect people, lives, the innocent, from being murdered in their mother's womb, if we protect the elderly from being murdered because they're no longer considered useful or because they want to end their lives and not suffer, and they're asking you to commit a mortal sin to do it. Whatever we do today affects everyone. Everyone. If candidates who are wrong on the non-negotiable issues fail to be elected to lower offices, they might might not become candidates for higher offices. This would make it easier to elect good candidates for the more influential offices at the state and national levels. So, beloved... Um, let me just make sure of one thing here. Okay, we're good. Um, how do you determine a candidate's position? And you know, I think we had someone um, in an email or on the line even yesterday who was married to a man whose um, Christianity, she didn't know. She didn't know if he was baptized. Uh, she didn't know uh, his political or religious views. You, how do you go into a marriage to be sealed for the rest of your life with a man or a woman uh, of whom you do not know the most important issues? And I don't mean political issues. I mean life issues and their views. Suppose you married a man that's going to vote for abortion and you say, well, I had no idea of that before I married. My question is, how on earth can you have no idea of that? How on earth can you marry a man or a woman where you haven't discussed these things, where you haven't talked about your values, your Catholicity, um, your morals, how you're going to raise children, all of that? How could you even enter marriage on that basis? And I don't know how any priest could marry you uh, on that basis. Um, This next section of the guide uh, tells us how to determine a candidate's position. The higher the office, the easier this will be. Congressional representatives and senators, for example, repeatedly have been excuse me, repeatedly have seen these issues come before them and so have taken positions on them. Often the same can be said at the state level. In either case, learning a candidate's position can be easily, uh, can be as easy as reading a newspaper or a magazine, um, looking up his views on the internet or studying one of the many printed candidate surveys that are distributed at election time. 
beloved, you could go to any um, party to learn the issues. You can go to any pro-life um, organization, your local one or National Right to Life, and you will see the candidates there and their positions will be listed. It often is more difficult to learn the views of candidates for local offices because few of them have an opportunity to consider legislation on such things as abortion, cloning, and the sanctity of marriage. But these candidates, being local, often can be contacted directly or have local campaign offices that will explain their positions. If you cannot determine a candidate's views by other means, do not hesitate to write directly to that candidate and ask how he stands or she stands on each of the non-negotiables. You know, I find that candidates are very, very ready to... um, to give us their views. They, they're not annoyed. They, they want to be elected and they want to give us their views. So that's uh, usually not an issue. Um, how should we vote? Or rather, how not to vote? How not to vote? We know how to vote. We vote based on the top five moral non-negotiable issues. That we know. But how should we not vote? Do not base your vote on your political party affiliation, your earlier voting habits, or your family's voting tradition. Years ago, these may have been trustworthy ways to determine whom to vote for, but today they are not reliable. You need to look at each candidate uh, as an individual. This means that you may end up casting votes for candidates from more than one party. Number two, do not cast your vote based on candidates' appearance, personality, or media savvy. Some attractive, engaging, and soundbite-capable candidates endorse intrinsic evils and so should be opposed, while other candidates who may be um, plain-looking, uninspiring, um, and ill, ill at ease in uh, front of cameras, yet they endorse uh, legislation in accord with basic Christian principles. That's where we need to go. We need to vote in accord with what we say we are and what we say we believe. Christian principles. Okay. We'll stop right there, dear ones. And we will take your calls, your emails, your texts uh, coming back from the break. The toll-free number to call in with anything on your heart whatsoever is one 511 5483 or email at Com. If I could stay awake through the break, mother at the station of the cross.com. God bless you.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Podcasts of our network-produced shows are free for your listening pleasure at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Be uplifted in your faith and inspired to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on our iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together for your calls, your texts, your emails, with anything on your heart. It does not need to be what we're speaking about. The matter of the heart is the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So once again, the toll-free number is one 511 or email um, at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Jill on the line from Toronto. Hello, Jill. Oh, hi, Mother. Thank you so much for all your hard work and your courage and your And all my yawns. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I find out? It's the same thing when we go into prayer. During the day, I don't yawn, but when I start talking, I think I need more oxygen. That's the issue. I don't know what it is, but... um, Well, not, not to worry. We love what you say. And Thank it you. is very enlightening, and it just raises our hearts to God. Oh, good and, for you. Thank you so much, dear Jill. And I'm just wondering if, if you could speak a little bit about um, the, the Catholic hearts that don't seem to understand um, this concept, that some of these practices that you've been discussing, the abortion euthanasia, that these are so against Catholic teachings. Why is the Holy Spirit not speaking to them? Why is it that they can't understand these concepts? Is it the veil, 
or are they also doing practices that is perhaps against the faith that is really creating distortions? I know there's a tremendous amount of pornography out there now. There's a lot of things that people are practicing that they think is okay, and it really isn't. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if you could speak to some of these things. Well, Jill, your question is quite an important one, and of course, we, we, I know it's not your intention to blame the Holy Spirit. We would never blame him because we deserve hell and God has given us heaven, at least the opportunity for it. So it's never the fault of the Holy Spirit. Um, and it, if we believe it's not our fault either, <laughs> it's the grace of the Holy Spirit. Um, but you've hit on something here. You know, when we have a wound in our uh, a cut arm or a finger or something, uh, it grows a scab. And the more, um, uh, the thicker the scab is, uh, the more our sense of the sensitivity of our skin in that area may be dull. You know, if we're, if you go over a portion of your skin, it's sensitive, but if you go over a, a scab, uh, it's going to be less sensitive. It's, it's almost a, uh, um, protection between the outside and, and your skin. Um, I think that's, could be a, somewhat of an analogy to the heart. When we sin, Uh, When we turn from God, when we sin, especially if we commit more serious sins of, as you say, uh, watching pornography, fornication, uh, homosexuality, turning from God, not living our faith, whatever it is, um, we begin to build scabs over our conscience. The the scriptures uses the word scabs and our, our consciences, our hearts are darkened. And when that happens, we're less sensitive. The Holy Spirit could be trying to knock loudly, but we can't feel him, we can't hear him, because there's, uh, there's sin in the way, and there, there are the effects of sin in the way. So we have to break through uh, in order to hear God, or he has a lot to get through in order for us to hear him. So if we are walking with God we would obey the slightest inclination of the Holy Spirit. If we're filled with the Spirit, if we're walking with God in obedience, then the slightest um, whisper, so to speak, of the Holy Spirit, we say, yes, Lord, we hear it, we know it, and we go. Um, But if we are not walking with him, uh, we may hear or feel something, we call it our conscience, but we're not interested in in uh, obeying it, so we turn from God. Maybe someone's living with a a woman or a man who's not their spouse, that kind of thing. And maybe they want to get married, but they're living in very, very grave sin right now, and they want God to help them. Well, God can't help them if they persist in that sin. He can, but he won't help them if they persist in that sin and shut God out. So... um, you know, uh, someone once said there, those in the end to whom God will say, or rather will say to God, Lord, thy will be done. And there are those to whom God will say, thy will be done. It's a matter of choice on our part. That's beautiful, sister, mother. I mean, that's just beautiful. Thank you so much. Okay, and- Jill and- Thanks for calling in with that. It's, it's something for everybody to consider because that plays on us even if we miss Mass on Sunday, even if we don't commit terrible sins. 
if we don't walk with God, we are deadening our conscience. That's that's exactly. Um, I think what what we need to understand and uh, people need to know. Yes. Okay, Jill. God bless you, my dear one. Thank you, Sister. God bless Thanks you. for calling. God bless you. We we have an email from Ruth, and Ruth says, Mother Miriam, you said it's probably a good time to make a general confession. What is the definition of a general confession? Um, Ruth, a general confession is, um, it could be a, a number of things. Um, mostly we go to confession and we confess the sins we've committed since our previous confession, which could be a week ago, a month ago, um, or longer than that. But a general confession can be, I've done this myself, it's very much recommended, especially by St. Francis de Sales and many of the saints, is a confession of our entire life. Now, I wasn't a Catholic or a Christian my entire life, but... Um, And so with my baptism, I was forgiven all that. But I nonetheless made a confession of my entire life. So it could be that. You could make an appointment with a priest. um, And um, I think it should be through appointment and not just going in during confession time because you might be in there a while and other people are waiting to make um, a simpler confession. But um, uh, it is to confess the sins of your entire life or... Maybe you've made a general confession, and it's just the sins of the past year. So I'm, I want to encourage everyone, if I could, to um, not have a single sin on their heart. I think we're coming upon hard times. I think it's going to happen um, uh, even possibly overnight, very, very quickly. And we're not going to have time to get our lives uh, straightened out the way we might plan if we were given enough warning. You need to consider that we've already been given enough warning by all the apparitions of Our Lady that have been approved. Our Lady of Fatima and Akita and Good Success and um, uh, I'm not thinking right now of all of them. Um, But those that have been approved, there are quite a number of them. And um, they've all been, God has been warning us through Our Lady for a number of years now and it's time to reform our lives and yes have no sin on your heart especially if that warning the illumination of conscience um it is said that we will receive it this autumn and autumn began three days ago september 21st and it will uh, end december 21st so the expectation if our approved seers are true uh, is that it will occur this this autumn, this fall, and we need to be in a state of grace. And it would be much better to prepare beforehand and go to confession beforehand. Um, God will probably still show us many sins, hundreds that we never knew about or never counted as sin. But it would be good to have your life um, as... Uh, well on the road to heaven as you can prior to that illumination of conscience. So um, uh, I would just say, dear Ruth, uh, anything you can think of that you've not confessed of your whole life or since your last confession, 
go to a priest and say, Father, I would like to make a general confession. I'm not sure how much I'll remember, but here's what I remember at least of the past year. And um, if we go back 20 years, I'm going to have more. I'd like to confess all my sins. Okay. We have um, an email from Barbara, and Barbara writes, I have been following a few um, uh, infertile couples on YouTube and their desperation trying to have children. An American couple eventually had a daughter through IVS, IVF, uh, intro, v, um, uh, intro, Oh, in vitro fertilization, sorry, in vitro fertilization. Their embryo having been transferred last year after being on ice a number of years. And another embryo remains frozen. While trying, one or more frozen embryos died, uh, did not rather take, and were miscarried. Well, it did die. Um, She says here, another American woman... um, Let me advance this. Hold on. Another American woman. uh, My computer is not cooperating. Here we go. Another American woman gave birth to fraternal twins from another woman's frozen embryos. And a Canadian couple adopted three frozen embryos. One resulted in a birth this year. And the mother is now getting ready to begin treatment in order to transfer a second embryo. As um, an American couple have had one set of twins and one singleton through the help of IVF. They have a few of their embryos still frozen, but cannot decide what to do with them. The wife wants another child. The husband does not. And they are weighing up the cost of keeping them frozen and possibly transferring them to another uh, faculty. As both parents are successfully professionals, are successful professionals, money is not too much of a problem to keep the poor little souls on ice. Oh, what a thought. Can you imagine this? Which brings me to the question, I think I can anticipate it, Barbara. What happens to the immortal souls of these poor, newly created children while they are being kept in suspended animation, sometimes for decades? Many will never see the light of day. Sincerely, Ruth. Well, what happens to them is what happens to unbaptized children. That's the answer. And um, we are bound to the sacraments. Baptism is required for salvation. We are bound, said St. Augustine, by the sacraments. God is not. So we leave them in God's hands. Um, His arm is not short to save, but um, uh, unbaptized children, uh, whether in embryo form or fully grown, um, are are still in danger of uh, not being with God for all eternity. And the process of in vitro fertilization is evil, beloved. It's evil. It's not acceptable. Many, many children die on the way of trying to get an embryo. God accepts nothing except natural, the natural conjugal act. God accepts absolutely nothing 
anything else we try to make. Um, This is God's area, not ours. We're not the creator. Anything else we try to put together is evil, and um, God will not bless it. So, very serious. Um, There's the music for our uh, break, beloved. We'll come back and have 10 minutes, and that'll be enough time for your calls and your emails and your texts. If you have anything on your heart, feel free to call in toll-free. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at stationofthecross.com We'll be right back here once. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. convictions into action and stand out for life every Saturday morning wherever you may be. We'll be broadcasting live 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern hosted by myself Jim Havens and Father Stephen Imbarato as we stand out live on location. But this is more than a broadcast. It's a call to action. Grab a pro-life sign and publicly take a stand outside of a local abortion center or any high traffic area like an exit ramp, overpass, or street corner. And as you do, listen to the Stand Out for Life broadcast. If you're in the Eastern time zone, stand out from 9 to 10 a.m. and listen live. But if you're in a different time zone, the broadcast is easily available to you via podcast shortly after it airs on the iCatholic Radio app. So you can stand out and listen anytime that is most convenient for you. The main thing is that we all take at least an hour to stand out for life in public witness every Saturday, even if it's just sitting on the front porch holding a pro-life sign. Whatever you can do, we all must take a part in public witness for the end of abortion. God bless you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and there's plenty of time still, a good 10 minutes for you to call in. Our lines are wide open, and uh, the toll-free number to call is one 511 
5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm listening to your podcast. I'm so glad I found you. I need to listen to you. I used to listen to you at Immaculate Heart Radio here in California. I don't understand why they don't forecast your program anymore since it changed to relevant radio. Um, I sent them a letter and so forth, complaining, and uh, and no, there was no reply. Well, I'll, I'll tell you that Immaculate Heart Radio and Relevant Radio had merged and became Relevant Radio, and they um, uh, had uh, dismissed a few programs that uh, did not fit into their um, agenda or or or. Um, uh, way of speaking, how, however that went, and I was one of them. So that's why I'm so grateful that um, Station of the Cross uh, asked me to join them, and that uh, LifeSite News came on board uh, for live streaming. I'm I'm just thrilled about it because they are trustworthy, they are conservative, they are um, orthodox. Better word than conservative. They totally adhere to the faith. They're not afraid of truth, which so many people are today it's why we're still here in tulsa because so many are afraid to speak the truth clearly and um but i'm grateful for what our lord has allowed us to do um so this anonymous writer says i would like to ask you about these letters i've been receiving from a certain church a catholic church in tulsa oklahoma if I remember correctly, you live in this city. Yes, I do. I received a bunch of them a while ago. I don't even open them, but I want to write to them to rebuke them because they use... Excuse me. They use Catholic symbols all over the envelopes. They show images of a bishop, our lady, a priest celebrating Holy Mass, etc., but I don't know exactly what to tell them. Once I opened one and read that the Holy Spirit told this person to send them money, could you guide me, please? Or better yet, could I send these letters to you? No. <laughs> then maybe you could have someone take care of it. I think it's outrageous that they are deceiving people. And since we are so poorly catechized, I'm concerned many may be deceived. Thank you very much. Well, dear Anonymous One, you're very right. Many are deceived by such um, um, debauchery. What can I say? Uh, please don't send them to me. But I would f- look at the address of this particular church. Uh, uh, this person gives the name of the church in the email, but I, I don't want to announce that. I would give the church and the pastor a call and and. Uh, tell the pastor what's going on if he's not aware and ask them to to stop it and certainly to delete your name. Um, we have a call from Rick in Canada. Hello, dear brother. How are you? I'm great, Rick, except I'm yawning too much, but I'm great after, other than that. Go ahead, sweetie. Uh, yes. Did, uh, my, my question is, uh, I'm, I'm a practicing Catholic and I've been... Uh, you know, uh, attending Mass as, as long as I can remember. And uh, ever since the introduction of uh, the Communion, the Eucharist in the hand, I thought nothing of it. It was introduced by Vatican II. And uh, this is all we've uh, 
been able to do, and I've read a lot lately about uh, we should be receiving it, you know, on the tongue. Um, I'm not a, I, I'm not a, a we don't have a traditional mass available in my area. And what is your stance on this? Are we to accept the, the current uh, situation, or will, can you just give me your your comments on that? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, the um, communion on the tongue is the norm of the church, canon law. It's the norm of the church, but the church allows communion in the hand. Um, and uh, it's not wrong to receive communion in the hand. It's preferable to receive it. It's more reverent for the Eucharist to receive communion on the tongue. But if one cannot, and it's not just the Latin Mass, we often go to a Novus Ordo here because of our schedule. We can't get always to a Latin Mass. Um, we still receive communion on the tongue. Um, uh, so that's always preferable out of respect for our Lord, uh, and, the, and the sacred host. But if not, you certainly can receive communion on the hand. Um, many people who receive on the tongue uh, would rather not receive than receive on the hand. I'm one of those people. But I don't know our Lord's view on that. So um, I've never received communion in my hand in the 25 years I've been Catholic. And the thought of it is... Um, very distressing to me. But uh, again, you're used to it because that's the way it's been. Um, and it's not sin. If, if, if you do that, the issue is to be careful that, uh, that all the particles are consumed and not dropped on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's good because, uh, you know, um, there's, there's so much uh, coming out of uh, the church, which was, you know, things that's been happening with Vatican II that, you know, yes. people have second thoughts on what's going on. And, uh, you know, even our priests sometimes misdirect us on a lot of things. So uh, I know that, that, that's good to know. Oh, good, Rick. All right, dear brother. God bless you and keep up the faith. Um, yep. And uh, may God use you to bring others to himself. Okay, God Thank bless you. you. Thank you, Rick. We have an email from Angela who writes, Hello, Mother. What do I do if my husband is not open to natural family planning? I am open to NFP, but he's afraid to take any risks of my getting pregnant with a fifth child from God. Well, if it's from God, there's no problem there. His solution is contraception or withdrawal method on his part. Um, Let me just stop right there. Contraception is mortal sin, and many abortions, many contraceptives are abortifacients. They abort children that are conceived, and so contraception is a moral evil. You will be in mortal sin. Uh, If you withdraw, you are also in mortal sin. Uh, Onan in the Old Testament was put to death because he withdrew. the sexual union between a man and woman is not for self-pleasure. It is uh, life-giving love. And if any couple cannot engage in life-giving love um, and leave, uh, leave it to God, whether or not uh, they conceive, they should not be intimate. Um, and again, uh, natural family planning, I've heard, is more... Um, uh, how do I say sure is uh, is even a um, 
a more sure way of not conceiving than many contraceptive methods. But again, you will be living in mortal sin and you will be sending your husband and your children and he will be sending you the same way to hell. You don't want that. It's very serious. She says that it's very stressful for me because I don't want to commit a mortal sin and have to run to the confessional every time. Don't ever do that because you don't know that between the mortal sin and the confessional, even if it's a half hour, that you will be alive. You could be hit by a car. Don't ever offend God that way because you can go to confession. Don't ever presume on God. Um, She says, I need direction and advice. I'm always feeling guilt and shame for myself and upsetting God. My husband doesn't think twice about it. Please help me. God bless you, Mother. I'm so sorry, dear Angela. It's the end of our program. There's the closing music. Your answer is to say to your husband, sweetheart, I love you. Um, I would give my life for you, but I will not sin against God. And I will not uh, help you commit mortal sin against God. We will not practice contraception or withdrawal method if we if we either practice natural family planning or we just leave everything in God's hands.